Think about this for a minute. If I looked at your headshot on your website or your social media profiles, what would it tell me about you? All too often, we think the first impressions count when we meet someone, but of course, it's happening way sooner than that in today's world. As soon as someone hears of you, they're Googling you, and there's a high probability that what they find first is your website, or for many people, it's uh, one of their social media profiles. Often LinkedIn will appear on page one of Google when people search your name. And then straight away, that headshot immediately tells me something about you. And it's horrible to say, maybe, but I'll look at somebody's if I'm considering their business or considering who they are. I do look at their imagery. And if it's a quick, clear cell phone selfie snapshot, I don't see as much value in their business because they're not seeing value in themselves. That's my guest this week, Rita Zietzma. She's a professional photographer who specializes in personal brand images. You might question, why would I need a headshot that is personally branded? There's purpose behind what we're doing. It's not just about a pretty photo. It's about marketing you and elevating your business. I had the personal pleasure of a personal brand session with Rita, and she really opened up my eyes to the importance of those shots, even having been in personal branding for well over 15 years. It speaks to the photography piece as well, because if, again, like we said earlier, if you don't find yourself worthy of that investment, other people won't find your business worthy of investment either. In this episode, Rita shares her tips, insights, and suggestions on what you need to be thinking about when it comes to your personal images and the importance of making a little investment in your headshots that can make a really big difference. All this after the break. This is REI Branded, the podcast all about building your real estate investing personal brand. My name is Paul Cockett, and my mission is to help you, the busy real estate investor, stand out from the crowd so that people can find you easily, want to work with you, and can't wait to refer you. Meaning that you can build a successful real estate investing business without feeling inauthentic, overwhelmed with marketing, or spending all day doing it. Because marketing is how you get their attention, but personal branding is why they choose you. But before we begin, if you're a real estate investor looking to build your business and stand out from the crowd, and you don't want to wait for all the knowledge, strategies, and how-tos to be slowly delivered to you via this podcast every week, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. That's the process I've created that has already helped dozens of real estate investors to define and develop their personal brands and build their real estate investing businesses. This audit is a mind-focusing, eye-opening insight addressing key questions like, is your message clear and consistent? Do you stand out as being different? Are you on people's radars and inspiring them enough to reach out and want to know more? The application only takes a few minutes and the link is in the show notes. After you apply, if it seems like I can help, we'll set up an initial conversation to explain the audit in more detail and answer any questions you have. So if you're a real estate investor who's committed to building your personal brand and business this year, then I invite you to apply for the REI Branded Audit. Now, back to the show. Welcome, Rita. Thank you for joining us today. Uh, Personal brand photography, I think a lot of people probably don't even realize there is something called personal brand photography. Tell us a little bit about why or the difference between just having your standard headshot and personal brand or brand photography. Yeah. Morning, Paul. Thanks so much for having me on. It's great chatting with you today. 
Yeah, personal brand photography is really kind of a new term. I would say newish in the last two, three, four years. And there seems to be still some confusion about is personal branding just a headshot? Do I need just a headshot? What is this personal branding thing? So yeah, just speaking a little bit towards the difference. I would say it comes down to the use of the image. So for professional headshots, if you need images that are for your resume, simply for your LinkedIn profile, or you work with a company and they display the headshots on your emails, that's really when you just need that headshot, sort of chest up, headshot, head and shoulder shot that shows your professionalism, shows your personality, and so that people can attach a face to the name. Personal branding, on the other hand, um, is more for people who are business owners and they really are the presence of the business or their brand. So they've got a website that shows you know, what they do, their about me page, who they are, who is their ideal client. They're showing what their business is all about. They're going to need a variety of shots, what I call the library of personal images, so people get a sense of who they are and who they're buying from. And you mentioned a good point is you have LinkedIn and LinkedIn, although I do see some unusual headshots sometimes, but most people go for that classic professional look. But then if you're going on something like Instagram or Facebook, you're going to want a different headshot. Or I, I remember years ago, somebody, a branding expert, said you should have the same headshot across all social media because it's consistency of brand. Personally, I disagree because, and I, I think you're probably going to say the same, is because you know Instagram is a very different platform than Facebook or LinkedIn or, or wherever else. I think you hit the nail on the head there. The, the platforms are used differently and different people are showing up on the different platforms. So I would agree that a different headshot, showing it a bit of a different side of your personality for each platform is definitely essential. Or at the very least, it's okay to do that. LinkedIn, definitely more business. It's more professional. And you might want an image that reflects that more professional side of you. Whereas Instagram is more of the fun, the storytelling, who, who is Rita, not just the professional photographer, but what is Rita interested in in her life. So maybe the friendlier, more approachable side. Facebook, the same thing. Facebook, a bit more family-oriented, maybe. And again, it's about, I mean, there are business pages on Facebook for sure, but it's more the personal social side that comes across in Facebook and perhaps not as much in LinkedIn. So having a different image of yourself on each platform definitely works. And people will be able to tell it's your face, whether it's on A, B, or C. Yeah, I would say unless you're completely unrecognizable from one headshot to the other, <laughs> you know, there's 10-year separation or your hair color and length, etc., has changed. But by and large, I think it's totally okay to have a different headshot representing what the need is on the different social media sites. It's funny you mentioned a 10-year-old headshot. And <laughs> I saw a joke the other day in, uh, for the real estate agents listening. I apologize ahead of time. It was a joke about how do you know that, you, that you're a successful real estate agent and had a list of, of things. And then the bottom one was you're using a 15-year-old headshot. Because <laughs> I, I don't know why they do it, I, especially now. It's so easy to take photographs. And that probably leads me to a question because I know LinkedIn has an article of how to take a good selfie headshot. Mm. 
what are the what are the dangers of using something like a selfie headshot do you think dangers perhaps a stronger word it is difficult to get a selfie even me i'm a professional photographer and selfies are difficult in fact when i want to do selfies that i think i'm going to use on social media i will set up my camera i will set up my tripod i will set up a mirror beside the camera and tripod and professional lighting and then use the cameras you know i can take nine shots in a row and automatic and I'll do that and I'll take a hundred shots and I might find three or four out of that hundred that I'm like, yes, those are good. And I'm going to use those to just take that quick selfie with the iPhone for one, your arm is only so long. Uh, the camera on a cell phone tends to be a little bit distorted. I think it's a 35 mil, which is not the greatest portrait lens at that close proximity. Most people don't understand lighting. So you get strange lighting effects on the face. and yeah, you can put tons of filters on it, but you're kind of, people can tell that you've got the filters on it and Instagram will actually tell you what filter you used. So I kind of sometimes wonder, is that disingenuous? Yeah, it's a, it's a hard one, right? It is. It's a difficult one to, um, and then what's in the background? You know, if you've got like all different stuff in the background, that can be distracting or that can tell a message that maybe you don't want to tell as well. Like you don't want your bedroom and, you know, the laundry on the floor in the background of your selfie. So just watching for those things as well. And I think you've underlined as well as the important thing as well, this is a first impression. Yes. So particularly your LinkedIn profile, but if you're building a business and Facebook is your primary place, again, it's the first impression. And, and we do make those judgments very quickly, don't we? We see somebody's photo and we start to form opinions, uh, good or it's bad. It's within seconds, apparently. And I think there's something, again, that you said it, I think there's something truthful about if you don't show us, if you don't take the time to invest in yourself, people will be able to see that and maybe not want to invest in you either. And it's horrible to say maybe, but I'll look at somebody's, if I'm considering their business or considering who they are, I do look at their imagery. And if it's a quick, clear cell phone, selfie snapshot, I don't see as much value in their business because they're not seeing value in themselves. I had, for example, I had a phone call last week and a woman was inquiring about headshots and okay, that sounds amazing. Exactly what you do, Rita. And then she asked about the price point and then she's like, oh, that's a lot of money. I need to think about it. And it's just a one-off headshot. She called me back an hour later and she's like, you know what? I have a favorite shot of me that I really, really like. I'm wondering if I can send it to you and maybe you can just eliminate the background and make it look more professional. And I just said to her, I'm sorry, I don't take other people's photography and then try and rework it. So it looks like mine or looks good. She said, Oh, it's not other people's. It's a selfie that I took. And I said, well, I didn't take it. And I said, it really is worthwhile to spend this little bit of money to elevate you professionally, because that's, what's going to bring me a return on that investment. People are going to take you seriously when you take yourself seriously. That's a really good point. And, and of course, it's a reflection of your brand, isn't it? If you're suddenly being associated with a, a retouched image that you didn't even take, I mean, that's not, that doesn't make any, any sense for you. No, you wouldn't go to Value Village and buy a painting and then bring it to a professional painter and say, you know what, can you just make it look a little bit better and don't charge me? <laughs> like, it just makes no sense, right? Great analogy. I like it. Yeah. So, so if we're looking at a, a personal brand photography session reader, how do you go about helping somebody understand 
uh, the importance of those shots and customizing them? What are the steps that you take people through? Awesome, Paul. Thanks for asking that. And that's exactly what I do for my clients is I take them through a variety of steps. So first, I help them understand that personal branding really does three things. It gets people familiar with you, your brand, your colors, your statement. The second thing is it tells your professional story. So what you do, who you serve, and how you alleviate your client's potential pain point. And then the third thing is it tells your personal story. We want to know a little bit about you. So in order for me to capture all those three items, I need to learn a bit about you. So I'll go onto your website if you have one. Some people aren't at that stage yet. And then from there, we have a Zoom meeting. And in the Zoom meeting, we're spending an hour together. You're getting to know me. I'm getting to know you. And we're doing a deep dive into your brand. What are your brand colors? What is your personality? Who is your ideal client? What are you doing to serve your ideal clients? What is your story? What are some things that make you, you? Are you a dog lover? Are you a runner? Do you have a space where you do your work in? Or is it a home office? Are you an outdoor person? Are your colors warm, soft palettes, light pinks and grays? Or are you splashy fuchsia and yellow and bright, vibrant colors? And having that conversation helps us then narrow down the types of shots we want to represent them and their brand. And uh, I'll share with the audience, I've just had the pleasure of uh, a session with Rita, a personal branding photography session. And I did not think at the level that Rita was thinking with regards to the kind of shots and the kind of questions she asked. It really did make me even sit back and think, oh, yeah, well, what do I want to use that for and where should I use that? And, and you were really good at kind of steering me through that, that conversation. And what I liked was that you followed up and said, okay, we've got the session and this is what you said you're going to bring. Things like you'd recommended what sort of props to bring, which is, a, again, a reflection of the brand. And what about things like uh, wardrobe, styling, outfits? Do you, do you give direction on that as well? Yeah, absolutely, Paul. So part of that strategy meeting is, again, we're going to talk about where you're going to use the images and how you're going to use them. Are they going to be on the website? If so, what are you going to wear so that what you're wearing fits and matches your brand colors, fits and matches your personality? And I recommend five, six, seven outfits. So people will sometimes take photos of their outfits and send them to me ahead of time. Is this okay? Or even in the Zoom meeting, they'll run to their closet and then they'll come back and hold up outfits. I'm like, yes. So I definitely advise on what to wear and the different outfits they're going to bring. We also have a makeup artist that's included in the session. And especially our female clients are loving that. They're coming and they're right away what I call the no makeup makeup look, or it's the best version of themselves. The point of the makeup artist is not to make them look different, but make them look like themselves. And then in terms of, you said stylizing again, part of that involves props because for branding and think back to your session yesterday who are you and how do you reach your audience you are somebody that loves reading you're a podcast host you've got tons of personality and you've got this bluish green sort of theme on your website as sort of your your brand color so we asked Paul to bring in the same clothing color that matches his website you have these amazing shoes and even the writing on your shoes really speaks to your brand we had you bring in your podcast mic, and we did some fun, expressive 
poses around your podcast mic. We brought your computer in, a whole stack of books, and we really captured some fun images that you can then use as conversation starters on your blog, conversation starters on your Instagram, and they show a ton of your personality while they're aligned with your brand colors. Right. And you make a good point about fun. It was. Uh, and I think even though I, I knew you before, I think there was, you probably see this all the time. There's a trepidation to coming into a photo shoot. But the difference was we'd already kind of covered that ahead of time. That's what I liked about the Zoom session, the follow-up email that you sent, the reminder a couple of days before. You said you're going to do this, go get a good night's sleep, which I didn't. But anyway, <laughs> and so that as soon as we got into the session, it there wasn't that need to break the ice. We were kind of pretty much straight into within a, a few minutes. You'd it, what I liked as well, Rita, is you'd you'd been thinking more about the session and you had a suggested list of shots and you'd thought about the okay, this is how I th- I think the morning is going to go, but it may change. And I think the other thing, and I don't know if you do this with everybody, but initially you tethered your camera straight to your computer which gave us the opportunity to kind of review the first few shots. And then it was really nice. You, you double-checked in and said, you know, are we heading in the direction that you want this to? Mm-hmm. So I, I really felt, I, I think the best word to describe, I really felt the whole thing was a collaboration versus I was buying a service and going to get a service. It was much more about a collaboration around my brand, which was really very eye-opening for me and really a, a great experience. That was the Versus that, I, I think I could say a lot of people would probably, as I say, trepidatious or fearful of a photography session, but you don't have to use those images. They can, that's the nice thing with photography now, isn't it? It's the digital. digital. Yeah, such a big difference uh, for you. What about things like location? I know we did the location at your studio, but what if somebody wants to use location? What are the kind of things that you're looking for there? Absolutely. So to answer the first question about tethering, in a typical headshot session, not the personal branding, but headshot when they're coming in, really just needing that one or two off headshot, I always shoot tethered, which means there's a cord from the camera to the computer. And when I take a picture, it actually goes through the cord and shows right away on the computer. And that way people can tweak, oh, my hair is going to the left and that's not how I normally would wear it. I don't know that. So right away we can make those fixes and they're walking out with a headshot that they love. The second reason for doing that tethered shooting is you're right. It's so vulnerable to be in front of somebody else's camera. I'm kind of looking at you. This big lens is staring right at you. And you're just like, I feel so awkward right now. But I find that shooting tethered takes away that fear. They're looking at the shots so often after the first shot or two people are like, oh, that looks good. And then they settle into the shoot and they're feeling relaxed and comfortable. Personal branding sessions are some can be a little more difficult to shoot tethered. And depending on the client and the type of session, I knew that you and I were going to do just a studio session. And then I thought it really valuable to be able to show you some of the images ahead of time to make sure we're going in the right direction. If we're changing around too many backdrops, tons of outfit changes and location changes, then I do not shoot tethered in a personal branding session. It does slow down the session. And my goal is to get as many options for you as possible from that session. But I will show the client the back of the camera. Is this okay? Is this where we're heading? For the female clients who are choosing to get makeup, and some men do as well, 
definitely those first couple of shots after they get their makeup done, the makeup artist waits, we take a few shots and they have a good look at those shots to say yes, or my eyebrows are too dark, or can we darken the lipstick a bit so that we really nail it. And then they're feeling super confident and taken care of. And then we proceed. Multi-locations, yeah, definitely possible. Um, not everyone's brand is reflected well in a studio or in a white backdrop or dark backdrop. I have multiple colors here, but that doesn't really speak to everyone's brand. So maybe you're a yoga instructor. We do the session in your yoga studio. Maybe part of your brand is an outdoor person. One of the, the ladies I photograph, she's very spiritual and forest bathing as a part of her coaching business. So yeah, of course, we're going to go down and we're going to find a great place in the forest nearby and do some of those shots in the forest. Some people want the beach look or, I mean, industrial look. The possibilities are endless. And in that Zoom strategy consult, we talk about all those things. And I really pull out of them, what is speaking to your brand? And now let's come up with some fantastic locations that are going to speak to your brand. And you've underlined again the importance the difference, I think, between photography session and a branding photography session, because yeah, yeah absolutely. It so it's not just even the branding. Like when I started the personal branding, and I would meet women in networking groups, gentlemen in networking groups, I would often hear, "I had a personal branding session, and I've never used any of the photos." So my next question would be, "Why not? Did you not like them? Well, they were okay, but I had no idea what to do with them." So. By having the strategy session, that alleviates that whole problem because you as the client come in understanding that Rita is taking these and I'm spending money on this photography because it's going to elevate my business. There's strategy behind the images. After the session, within a week of the session, we're going to sit down and we're going to meet again on Zoom and we're going to look at all your images. And again, I can say, this is the shot we took because you speak about this, this, and this in your blog post. These would be the images that would be great to use as your blog header. This is the wide shot that we took for the banner image. It's wide and narrow. This would work on the About Me page. And I help coach you again, reviewing the strategy behind the shots. And then here are now the shots that resulted that you can use them. And people are coming back to me two days after they've purchased their images and sending me links to the websites because their images are already up on the website. They're in use. Or sending me a thing, Rita, we just got in a magazine and we've used this image. We love it. So they are using the images that we're actually strategizing to take. There's purpose behind what we're doing. It's not just about a pretty photo. It's about marketing you and elevating your business. Mm. And that's an interesting, uh, just a side thing, usage. Once you've bought those images, I have the right to that image to use however I want. Is that a great question? Yeah. You have all the rights to do whatever you want with the image, except for selling it for profit. Yeah. Cause de- they still become, they're still my property and my work. You can use them for whatever you want in terms of, you know, put them on the bus, do whatever you need to, to market yourself with those images. If you want to, if you're a Photoshop expert and, you know, want to do all kinds of stuff in Photoshop, go ahead and do it. Just take my name off because at that point, it's not my work anymore, but you can do what you want. You just cannot sell the images for profit. How about uh, your advice on uh, capturing specific poses or specific kind of types of shots? We had an idea going in, but what I liked in our session was you had other ideas and and you said, this might work, it might not. And uh, once you're in the session, I think, uh, again, it goes back to that comfort level 
you start to feel more comfortable and you think, yeah, okay, well, we'll give that a try because I'm I'm more relaxed. Is that what yeah. you tend to tend to try and do around specific shots? Again, back to that strategy call, I get a feel for you and how you're feeling about the session. And some clients are coming in super nervous saying, Rita, I don't know what to do. I just don't know how to be in front of the camera. I rest assure them that I am posing you down to the pinky, down to the toe. I don't know if that happened with us yesterday. I'm like, oh, move your elbow to the left or to the right because I can see it. And obviously they can't from their angle. And depending, and then you took it away. Like you were like, you got into it and you were relaxed. And then I pull back and I just let you go with it. I'm like, yeah, yeah, keep going. That's awesome. And you were doing fun, expressive, expressive poses. You got your arms going into it as you were thinking about some of the stuff that we talked about. So, you know, pretend you're showing off a book you just sold, Paul. Well, then your arms went up to point to the blank space that you can then fill in the book in your editing program or your marketing program you're using. So it depends on the comfort level. If I see during the session, people are super uncomfortable, I will continue to pose them throughout. And if I see that they're starting to take off with it, that's amazing too, because the personality is coming out too. But back to that, the posing thing, I think, and people have said this to me too, I do a good job of posing people and making them look not posed. Getting the personality out and people don't always know what the coaching for the pose behind that shot was. And it's funny, and I turned up and said, I don't want this particular type of pose. And then halfway through, we did it and it looked good. So, <laughs> so again, again, the, the advice is always follow the expert because the expert probably has a much better idea. But yeah, it's funny, you talked about uh, things that got in the way. And I think I had, at one point I had my thumbs up. I didn't know. Yeah, no. They were, and you said, no, just put the thumbs down into the rest of the hand, but you wouldn't, otherwise you wouldn't know. Um, what about retouching images once you've decided, okay, these are the ones that I'm going with? Do you do retouching? I do retouch. And I I know earlier when I spoke about Instagram filters, et cetera, what is the difference between slapping on the Instagram filter or what a professional photographer is retouching? An Instagram filter will basically kind of just blur you out, take everything out, and you look somewhat more flat, takes out some of the personality. Whereas the professional retouch, I'm actually going in and hand retouching. If the client maybe is somewhat older, we have wrinkles, we all do. Those kinds of things, I light you in such a way that it fits your age and stage in life and the look you're going for. But it's the shadows that make our wrinkles look more prominent or not prominent. And I just reduce the shadows so they don't look as prominent. The cameras are high definition that I'm using. To lighten that, definitely I don't reduce or re sorry, I don't remove wrinkles because that removes who you are in your personality. Right. And we don't want you to appear disingenuous. We don't want to cause mistrust. People see your profile and then they meet you in, in person and there's a total disconnect right away instills that little level of mistrust. But definitely, you know what? Maybe you had a pimple that day. Maybe there was red blotchiness in the skin. Yes, I'm going to retouch those, even them out. If there are permanent marks, if we have a mole on our face, I will ask the client. And most of the time they're like, nope, that's part of me. Awesome. We're keeping that. So yeah, there is a retouch so that we don't see every single detail that those cameras pick up, but I am keeping you as you. Okay. What about, as, as we talk about personal brands, what about a, a personal brand that's a favorite for you? Do you have one and, and why? Are you talking about a session that I like doing best or? No, an actual personal brand. So do you have a favorite personal brand? And 
Do you have one, Paul? <laughs> I do. I'm going to throw this back at you. <laughs> I would say, you know, it does change. I would have said a few years ago, I might have said somebody like Gary Vee or somebody like that. But if I think about it now, the Stoics, just generally the Stoics are a great, for me, a great personal brand, just more so from a, a personal development element and having, uh, so I start every morning, part of my morning routine is to read the Stoics or listen to the Stoics. And I, I think it's just a great moral compass from that, mm. that perspective. So that's a, a personal brand that I enjoy. Oh, that's very cool. You know, someone who's influenced me a lot over the years has been Marie Forleo. I think that she's got a great brand. I think that she's really pushed. We're in business for money, but we're in business to serve the world as well. And how can we add that philanthropic side to our business? How can we also think about others and then really that service side? And I do think that she comes across so service oriented and really the heart of wanting to help people build their businesses and make a difference in the world. I love how she comes across. She's fun. She's exciting out there. And it's not just, it's not preachy. I just, I think that she comes across in a really good way. And I know at the end, you're going to ask me what one of my favorite quotes is. And she just wrote a book, Everything is Figure Outable. And I do love that. She took that quote from her mom. But I think that's such a quick two, you know, two or three words. Everything is figure outable. Three words. That is such an easy quote to think about and remember as we bump into the hurdles in our business and are challenged every day with the things that we need to do. Right. Everything is figure outable. You can do this. I love that. So I have a couple of other questions I like to ask. What about a favorite business book or podcast? It was interesting. One of the props, I'll let people know. One of the props. So I read business books all the time. So Rita said, well, bring some, bring some with you and let's do some shots with books and I'm, I'm looking forward to seeing the final images and uh, you'll see these on the, I'll make sure I put one or two on the show notes so people can see them. But that was a, an interesting thing. So do you have a favorite business book or podcast? I've been really enjoying your podcast, Paul. I find they're super informative. And as a personal branding photographer, I, I just love hearing what you're saying and the conversations you've had with your clients. So it's been Thank really you. helpful. So I encourage anybody to continue to, to go through Paul's library and have a listen to these powerful podcasts. One of my favorite books, Stephen Pressfield, The War of Art, Breaking Through Blocks and When You're in Our Creative Battles. Yeah, I some of I, I think I have it. You have it? I have it on my, I, I definitely have it. Yeah. Yeah. I just, one, it's a funny, entertaining read, but two, it hits home in such a strong way. He speaks about resistance and identifying all the different ways we encounter resistance. And as an artist, that definitely hit home for me. Because I have been struggling. I want to be out there shooting and being creative. But as we all know, as business owners, you know, that creative piece is 5% of what I do. <laughs> the running the business, the other 95% does bring up some resistance and even some imposter syndrome. And he dealt with this in, a, in an awesome way. And then he talks about turning pro and he gives you a bunch of steps and strategies to defeat that resistance, which were super helpful. And then finally, you know, the higher realm. Once you're defeating that resistance and you're doing the work, your muse comes, right? That creative genius steps in and all of a sudden, like you're in your zone, kind of like what we talked about yesterday right. in your session, Paul, like, you know, Rita, you're in your zone. I'm, I'm pulling it out of you. You're, you're into the shoot. 
things are happening and the shots are wowing people and it's getting what you need. So yeah, loved, love the book War of Art. I will be reading it again now that I've pulled it out to answer your question. <laughs> and I highly recommend it. And he's, his uh, latest book, I think, is called Turning Pro. I think he's written a, okay. a much deep and much deeper part from the War of Art. So look into that. And what about a, a resource or a tool that you're enjoying using? Well, as a photographer, I've got to say the Adobe Suite. Okay. <laughs> Photoshop, I can get lost in Photoshop for hours, creating, retouching. I do love that side of it. Photoshop and even InDesign. I don't know if you knew this, Paul, that I had a 15-year career as a graphic designer before I went full-time photographer. So yeah. the whole design piece, getting lost in, in designing I do love designing even my own. I'm so lucky I can design my own guides, personal branding guides and ads and pamphlets and brochures. And I'm lucky to have that piece behind me. I don't have to hire that out. And I love doing it. Do you have a a favorite graphic design tool? Do you use Canva or do you use something or do you do it all in Adobe? Honestly, people keep saying use Canva, Rita. It's so easy and it's so quick, but I'm just, I find that I'm still pulling open Photoshop, put in my image, come up with my words I think it would be faster if I used Canva. So it's on my radar because I do, like I said, I get lost in it and then hours go by and not always a good use of my time. (laughs) (laughs) But sometimes if we love it, then why not? Yeah. Any final uh, recommendations or tips for people when it comes to thinking about their photography and, and the images that they're using? Yeah. And this ties in with also another quote. One of my favorite quotes is from John Maxwell. If you put a small value on yourself, rest assured, the world will not raise the price. (laughs) I love that. And it it speaks to the photography piece as well, because if, again, like we said earlier, if you don't find yourself worthy of that investment, other people won't find your business worthy of investment either. And it speaks also to the the self-value piece, the internal piece, where it's vulnerable to be in front of the camera. And so often it's vulnerable because we don't feel that we're worthy. As women, maybe a little stronger, I'm not sure, but you know, I'm not thin enough, I'm not beautiful enough, I'm not young enough, I'm not, and fill in the blank, enough. Whatever the I'm not enough is, holds us back from stepping into our power, stepping into who we are. And I think that, If you can get past that, if you can say, you know what, I'm going to do this, I'm going to be open, I'm going to walk into that session, not with all the negatives in my head, but saying, you know what, I'm going to walk into the session as scared as I am and trust the process. It is so empowering. I've had women look at the camera and cry and say, no, that's how I see myself. No one's been able to capture that before. Or wow, that looks amazing. I'm so proud to show that image. And then every time they're going to go to their website or the book cover that they've written, they're going to be proud and it's going to empower them time and time again when they see a photo of themselves that they love. Hmm. That's, that must make your job so rewarding when you get That's that kind of why. Right. That's my why. And, the, and I will say for the audience, the funniest thing, how I found Rita was a client of mine used Rita for a photography session. I looked at the photo and I wow, that's uh, just really captured her in a way that I hadn't seen before. And I thought, well, who took that? And that's how I found Rita originally was from that photograph. So I really encourage people to go to, to Rita's website, check out the portfolio, check out the, the images. How can people find you, Rita, and find out more about what you do? 
Yeah, thanks so much. So if you're an Instagram user, that's the easiest handle, Rita Z Photo. My website, a little more difficult, RitaZitzma.com. My last name, well, R-I-T-A-Z-I-E-T-S-M-A, RitaZitzma.com. I think if you were to type in Rita Z Photo Burlington, my website would come up anyway. Right. Yeah. Wonderful. Okay. And you mentioned that you've got something uh, that people can download as well. Yeah. Um, if you go to my website, there's a pop-up on the business page. It's a brand photography checklist. So just helping you um, with some visuals, understand what kind of photos are brand photos and where do I need to use them? How do I need to use them? Because again, a lot of people say, you know what, I just, I'm on LinkedIn. That's all I need. Or my about me page. I just need one photo, but no, if you're your brand, you need a variety of images. And I have a huge long list on there as to all the different places that you could be and should be using your images. Great. Wonderful. I recommend people go get that. And Risa, thank you very much for today. And thank you for the session yesterday. And we'll have all that information in the show notes. And by the time you're hearing this, my new photos will be up on the website as well. So you can check those out and uh, have yourself a fantastic day. Thank you so much, Paul. It's been a pleasure. Great. Well, was that brandtastic? Did it give you some ideas and actions that you can take right now to build your business? So get to it. And if you're wondering where your real estate investing brand currently stands and some steps to make it more brandtastic, you can download our free REI brand checklist at reibranded.com forward slash checklist. That's reibranded.com forward slash checklist. Thank you for listening and have a brandtastic day.